Hey, welcome to Nebcast. This is the Cooter and the Dingo. Hey, I'm in the Outback, and I'm a Dingo. I'm the Cooter. I love to fish for tail. And I hop around in the uh, Kookaburra Woods. And there's no thing I won't part with my Cooter penis. We need a sound effect for it. I know. I don't know what that was. Welcome back to the Nebulous, the official Nebulous Vision podcast. Yahoo! I'm Brad. I'm Ryan. And we're back after a long hiatus. Yep. Long hiatus. Um, um, we wanted to come back with fresh ideas, um, have a general idea of, you know, more more direction. And we thought it was good. It's like a, a hiatus for a TV show. You know, we come back with new ideas and better writing. What is, uh, what is it? The, what do they call the summer break for TV shows? Is it the summer hiatus? Uh, like... The the end of a season is like the sweeps week or something. Something it's like, like that. Summer yeah. has it's like reruns and stuff. They yeah, summer is like the shitty TV they put Cowboy on. Cowboy intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, fucking uh, <laughs> fucking uh, summer. <laughs> fucking summer, dude. We went away for summer. Yeah, and yeah, we're back. And we're to back. Talk about what? I have a list of things that you can lead off on if you want. Oh, yeah. A bunch of chicken scratch notes. I have a bunch of movies and TV stuff that I'm watching. Ryan, uh, I think mm-hmm. the last show we did, um, we were talking about doing like a, a straight-up movie podcast. Mm-hmm. That worked out pretty good, didn't it? It did. Well, you didn't take it off the computer, and I still want to do one because I still think it'd be fun. I did the Iron Man one. That's online. Is it? Yeah. There's I another one. I don't even know what's on the one that's still on your hard drive. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. We will. Once uh, we're done recording this, and I take both of them because I got a new hard drive. Nice. Um, but um, yeah, we were gonna do a like a like change the show, stop doing Nebcast, and do the movie podcast. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think there's room for just having Nebcast have shows that are just about movies. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, with that in mind, Ryan, what have you been watching lately? Um, the last movie I saw was. Piranha 3D, I believe. Really? That was yeah. like a month ago. Yeah, I know. Um, oh, and I saw the Switch too with uh, Jennifer Aniston and Jason Bateman. And how is that? What's that about? That's about a guy who goes to this artificial insemination party, and he pours out the semen from the cup and switches it with his own. What's involved in a artificial insemination party? Well, it's uh, it was held by. Uh, Actually, I need to quit saying, uh, it was held by Juliette Lewis, who is a friend of Jennifer Aniston in the movie. And it's a new age kind of way to do it where she gets inseminated at the party during, or, uh, you'd have to watch it. Like a key party? Yeah. You know, they, they had, uh, Avon products and Tupperware, you know, girl shit. And then at the end she got impregnated. How many people at this party? Lots. Lots? Like the whole neighborhood? Yeah. I don't know. There was, there was like. Is this something you do on Craigslist? Yeah, you know, it would probably be, but, you know, on Craigslist, they got rid of that stuff now. The, That's true. You can't adult stuff. fish for prostitution. Which is probably a good thing. I'm going to go ahead and say that it's good that they went ahead and did that. <laughs> um, for sure. Yeah, so this is just like a normal thing in the movie? Like people just come over to get artificially inseminated? <laughs> no, it's, it's, she was trying something different because she tried so hard to get like find the right guy and it never worked out. So she And she wanted to be a mom before she got too old. So she decided to get artificially inseminated. And then she comes back to New York City after she leaves for a while, seven years, and or is it four years? Something like that. And she comes back with a little boy who's Jason Bateman's boy. And um, hilarity ensues. 
It's a good movie. It's cute. It's cute. Right on. Um, what else have you been watching? <laughs> well, I just got into Lost, the TV show. That's right. You've burned through all the seasons of Lost. Yeah, almost. I have five episodes left. Of the sixth one? Of the sixth season. And it's been maybe the biggest challenge for me is trying to find not find out what's happened. Because uh, I guess Lost was a super big show. And I never really got into it. And I don't know really why. Um, I just never did. I, I guess maybe I was always working. I, n- I don't even know what day it was on TV. And I never got into it. I feel like it's really hard to watch primetime TV at all anymore. Yeah. Because they agree. always, like, this week, or next week, there's going to be a special episode on this day. Or, like, we're switching time slots with this show because we're starting this one up. And Yeah, it's that, that's what they've dis- they've discovered, too, that... Shows like uh, David Letterman and Jay Leno is when most people watch primetime shows they DVR'd. And that's why uh, when you pull up your DVR menu, no matter what you have, there's always ads now because they have to find a way to make money off it. Because people, obviously, I just get through the commercials because fuck that. Yeah. And so they're trying to find ways to do it. And now they're starting to track how many shows are DVR'd and how many people watch them. And that's a new way because now you just can't base it on ratings because... They have so many shows that start at the same time, end at the same time. You're busy. I mean, not very many people, I say, have nine to five jobs anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, even people who... have two jobs. Or they have two jobs. But I'd even my mom, who's worked at Red Rocks for 20-something years, someday she's there till six at night. So it's hard for them to go home. You need to cook dinner. And so I think the DVR has really changed the way people watch TV. And same with the DVDs on TV. Yeah, because you're, you're the programmer. You exactly. decide when what you want to watch is on. Um, so Lost, uh, <laughs> I, I haven't seen it yet, so without spoiling it for me, because the big crux of the show is all these secrets and... Yeah, you uh, know, what uh, my friend James told me about it is said he said, don't pay attention to the mystery of the show. Pay attention to the character development and who these people are. And quite honestly, it is super compelling to see where they came from before. They were on a flight called Oceanic 815, and it experienced heavy turbulence and it disintegrated over an island and 43 people survived the crash um and the it's basically their survival in this on this island that has tons of secrets and it makes um people's true characters come out where you have jack who's the doctor and the hero so he's always rescuing people you have saeed who was in the iraqi republican guard during desert storm so he's the he can he used to torture people and so he has kind of a a shady past and ironically enough the person who's like i I don't know if you'd say she's a villain but the person who you'd think wouldn't be a bad person is kate and she's what she the reason she was on the plane is she got arrested in sydney because she committed she killed somebody and the u.s marshal caught up to her in sydney and so she was handcuffed on the plane so So, she's on her way to be prosecuted exactly so it's kind of a different dynamic where you think you know the cute girl is, you know, the lucky girl, but she's actually pretty dark and a good person, but she has a lot of demons and it's, it's a really interesting show. And then, I mean, then the, the characters develop and then the mystery starts taking over and it's just really interesting. You'd have to watch it. It's really hard for me to describe what happens in the show. Just and constantly. Get, f- uh, Hurley is like, I guess the most popular character on the show. Yeah. Like, what's his story? Uh, he's a, uh, this really fat like Mexican guy <laughs> and he won the lottery but ever after he won the lottery he felt like he was cursed like his house he bought for his mom caught on fire 
uh, his grandpa died at the press conference when he was talking about winning the lottery. And so he thought he was unlucky. So he went to see, because the numbers he played, <laughs> he used to be in a mental institution and he used to play Connect Four with this guy who repeated the same six numbers over and over and over again. So he used those numbers to play the lottery. Mm-hmm. And after he played the lottery, he found out those numbers might be cursed. <laughs> and so he went out there to see if they were. And then he thinks he's the reason the plane crashed. And, um, and of course he isn't, but you know, you see how the story unfolds and it's really interesting and it has a great villain in it this guy named ben um yeah it's just a really interesting show if you've never had opportunity to watch you should definitely watch it yeah i just i haven't been able to get into the like the new sci-fi genre shows because I, yeah. I feel like nowadays when there's like a new show like that they like heavily market it like specifically to nerds like us mm-hmm. and it feels like i don't know, describe it like no, I agree. That's why it seems like, like heroes and I don't know, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Like they're telling us we need to be watching these shows because mm-hmm. they fit our demographic. Yeah. It's like those shows we used to find on our own. It, yeah, you know, I agree. Um, why I actually got really into uh, Lost too is because I'm a big fan of J.J. Abrams, and mm-hmm. he's the executive producer and the creator of the show. And I watched Alias, which I never watched before, which is a really cool show too. And obviously, a Star Trek, Cloverfield. All his movies, Mission movie, Impossible Three, Mission Impossible Three, which you know he's just a cool guy. Like he makes really cool movies, and he understands the demographic like us. And once you get past you know the nerdiness and um, stuff like that, it's a great show. And I'm not one of those huge fanboys that like obsess over it. Mm-hmm. But there was cute, cute, uh, cool little like winks throughout the show. Like someone will do something ten episodes before, and they'll recall it a little later. It could be two seasons later or you know the next episode is really interesting yeah I like the, off- the office does that too <laughs> exactly and you know they also have a thing like with 24 where no character safe mm-hmm. i mean the two jacks are probably safe in the show but um but then again i don't know i haven't seen the end of it so i don't know exactly what happens so it's fun like that uh i haven't heard either way if you uh, people are disappointed or really enjoyed the finale like um my friend james uh told me that uh that he won't talk about the finale to people because I guess there is a pocket of people that are really dissatisfied with it. But then Joe today told me, he said the ending really ties up the series pretty well. And I think with any show that ends, you're always gonna have fans disappointed. Like 24 yeah. people are disappointed, but I actually thought the show ended how it should end. There, like given the uh, constrictions of the season, mm-hmm. like there's not much else you can do. Exactly. Unless you kill Jack. And so spoiler alert, he doesn't die. Yeah, <laughs> but he does go rogue. Yeah, surprising. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I I did. Uh, I don't think we've talked about the end of twenty four. Yeah, I don't think we have. I actually, you maybe know, it's on that secret podcast that we. <laughs> maybe yeah. I don't know. Um, it's a little hard to remember. All I remember is the. Well, you go ahead and tell it. Well, the what I liked, you know, you you said something about uh, they're just rehashing stories, but they did have little clever twists on them, like when. They had uh, President um, Assan captured, and he was being tortured, and you thought Jack was going to save him at the end. Mm-hmm. He got there, and he's already dead. That was a good point of the show. And uh, even the the nuke in New York City was just a decoy because they knew Jack would go after it. Mm-hmm. I think the only part where it kind of floundered was at the beginning with um, Cole Ortiz and stuff. What was the name of his girlfriend? Dana Walsh. Dana Walsh. Yeah. Because it just seemed really stupid. And, it, and especially when she, it turned out she was 
this mastermind behind it. She couldn't kill these two doofuses who were trying her ex boyfriend. Yeah, she's like this international assassin, and she's afraid of this douchebag. Mm-hmm. Some that she went to school I mean, with it, in high school. It, I mean, it makes sense because she was trying to save her cover. Now, like if, when you think about it in hindsight, but at the time, I say these are just really stupid. And yeah, yeah. I wonder when because uh, usually watching the show uh, week to week on TV is a lot different from watching that show straight through on DVD. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if when it comes out in December, when we go back and watch it straight through, if Dana's arc will, like... Because when you watch season five with uh, Logan, Mm -hmm. like, if you watch that initially and you see his turn as a bad guy, um, it's kind of like, whoa, where'd that come from? But if if you already know that secret and you go back and watch on DVD straight through, like, you see when he interacted with one of his aides early on the season, like, you can see all, like the plotting they actually were doing but you didn't pick up on it because you didn't know they were bad right i think away. the biggest one in 24 is season six a lot of people didn't like season six but i think if you watched it on dvd mm-hmm. it was actually a better season mm-hmm. a lot of people weren't down with it but i in general i think 24 is a better show on dvd oh yeah i mean it, it even uh, you forget things week to week yeah i was talking to james about lost and i, I could imagine waiting you know, a week <laughs> for some of the things, or even a season. Yeah, uh, season finale, and then you oh, wait man. three to four months. Because, for... I mean, 24 usually ties it up pretty well. Um, but in Loss, you know, they always leave some sort of cliffhanger. Uh, season five was a worst. And then, but, you know, the, I think that's the strength of these shows, though, is just how different they are. They're different. I mean, there's nothing. there was nothing like 24 on TV. And I guarantee you there's nothing like Lost on TV. I, I have a feeling that every time I see a trailer or a preview for that show called The Event... It just feels like they're trying to have a new The Lost show, and they call mm. it The Event, you know? It's actually produced by the producers of 24, so... Yeah. And they even have, like, a black president in Exactly. It and... Yeah. So, to me, they're changing the island to The Event, and The Event is some something that's triggered by all these people, and, and sometimes it can be so convoluted, I think they can mess themselves up, where... I mean, you have to accept a lot to like Lost. I mean, a lot. You have to accept that there's polar bears in the forest. I mean, in a jungle. And and you have to accept it. I mean, they do answer why they're there eventually. But you have to accept it at that time. You know, it's they, they ask you to accept a lot. And the same thing with J.J. Um, Abrams' show Alias, where this guy named Rambaldi was this <laughs> inventor ahead of his time. And he was able to create these weapons and these artifacts that were mystical and they're asking you to accept a lot but if you can get past that they're great shows i mean they really are sydney bristow and jack bauer should team up they could do that in the movie That'd although awesome. never mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah i haven't seen his alias so yeah you know brad anytime you want to borrow i have all the seasons mm-hmm. you like that like how it goes one two three four all even then just drops to five <laughs> on alias yeah like the four, and then the five is all the, all the way at the bottom underneath everything else. Everything lines oh, up yeah. except for the five. Yeah, the packaging. Oh, don't yeah. get, get me started on DVD. See, that's packaging. the one thing I like. Look at Lost. It's exactly the same all the way across. Yeah. And that, you know, the, Lost... 24 can even do that. No, Lost is one of the things I think embraces the fanboys because all their DVD menus are, like, basically the same thing. They look the same. They have uh, some shot, like just a one-camera shot of something happening on the beach or like in a bunker or something and something's happening in the background but the font's always the same and the top left hand corner always says lost season two season three they have consistency they have consistency yeah, yeah. family guys screwed it up two yep. seasons ago mm-hmm. south park messed up on the eighth season where the little logos on the spine is higher than the rest yep um 
Yeah, and don't get me started. Uh, Disney yep. just released the Black Cauldron. It's like the only new release of theirs that doesn't have a slipcover. <laughs> yeah, because the Black Cauldron isn't very good. doesn't matter. Like, there's... <laughs> The Great Mouse Detective had a sleeve. Did it? Yeah, but that's a good movie, though. People like that movie. Uh, some people like The Black Cauldron. I know. it's They're weird people. I got in a big argument with this guy on my softball team about The Black Cauldron. Really? Yeah. Because I told him it's like one of the worst Disney movies. And I, I mean, when you say worst Disney movie, I mean, come on. I mean, you're really not. It's not like the worst Paramount movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, is um, House of the Dead. But yeah, just cons- consistency. Like... All my Disney movies have slipcases, and then... You know who throws out slipcases? Laura. <laughs> and my dad. It pisses me off. And I told her, when we get married, you better not throw any of my slipcases away. And when I buy DVDs, the slipcases will stay on them. Yeah, they just think it's a extra wrapper. Exactly. Yeah. And it has better art and stuff. <laughs> erroneous. Erroneous on all accounts. You're Laura erroneous. is here in the room, if you can't hear yeah. it on the mic. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm doing Ryan's laundry. It's cool. She's doing my laundry That's because right. she's a good fiance, and soon she'll be a good wife. Um, I'll buy a, a stove that when you pull out the bottom, there's water, so she can soak her feet in it. Uh, I think it was in Futurama where I saw that. Yeah, it's uh, the part when uh, Fry bangs his grandmother. Right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they go back to the fi- or 1950s. Yep. Right? Yeah, God, I love that show. Um, yeah, I, I don't have another mic for. Her. I know she'd be here. It's <laughs> all right. She doesn't need to be on here. She talks enough. <laughs> all girls do is gab. I mean, I mean what do they really say? Blah, 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 purses and... See, and we're talking about cool TV shows. If she was on here, she'd be talking about Jersey-licious and... You watch Jersey Shore? No, Jersey-licious is a different one. It's like the most scripted reality show you'll ever see. It's uh, I've only seen 10 minutes of it. And what I get from it is it's some beauty salon in New Jersey... And they were looking for a new manager. And this, I'm not even joking, Brad. I'll set this up for you. This girl was talking to the manager who's leaving for I don't know what. And she's pregnant. And so she's talking to her at the desk, I guess, where people check in. And this one girl says, "Um, I really think I should be a manager. And at that moment, another girl walks in. And she goes, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> she, she's upset that the other girl wants to be a manager. And these girls cannot act. Oh, my God. It was terrible. So this is a staged reality show? Oh, it's totally staged. Like, they try to present it like it's not, but it's staged. There's, you can't hear but Laura's disagreeing with me. But come on. That is not real at all. The only thing that's reality about it is it's filmed at a real place. It doesn't have to be With human beings. Just no, it's stupid. <laughs> um yeah so yeah anyways what else is on tv um, so you've been watching lost mm-hmm. um what have you been up to on i i made a list of things uh that i think you've seen and i know i've seen uh so i guess i'll just run through them cool. um i just want to announce that um we went to the david cross stand-up show yeah that was awesome and at the end he previewed a sample of his british program the incredibly Bad, the increasingly like, bad decisions of Todd, uh, Todd Margaret. Yeah, I just saw an ad for that. Yeah, that show is premiering on IFC on October 1st nice. in America. So. And it says it's like the ad says from the twisted mind of David Cross. And if you've seen any of his movies or he's listened to his comedy, he's goofier he's, than hell. Yeah. So in case you didn't know, that's happening. So Absolutely. I that for you. Um, I didn't know what day, but I knew it was coming. So. October 1st. October 1st. I don't know what time, though. I didn't write that down. I assume it's in 7, 8, 9. Yep. 10. Um, 
Actually, I uh, let's see. I started sampling the Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor Chronicles, mm-hmm. Connor Chronicles. Um, that show's all right. Yeah, you know, I heard it was a pretty good show. It never really found its footing, though. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it, I was reading. I've never seen it. I guess it's a different take on the Terminator, Terminator mythology. Yeah, the kind of uh, part of the first episode is that in order to escape Judgment Day again. Um, in the future, someone went back and built a time machine in a bank, mm-hmm. and they sent a Terminator back to get John and Sarah to go to the bank so they can go forward in time to, because uh, um, Judgment Day got postponed because of Terminator 3. And so since um, all the Terminators know that John Connor lives up through the next one, they're chasing him, so they decide, well, if we put if we make John Connor disappear in 96 or 99, Mm-hmm and skip him to another point in time, they won't be able to find him. Um, and if he changes his name and everything, it'll be hard for them to track him. So. Gotcha. Um, but naturally, as they go through time, part of the Terminator chasing them ends up going through the portal with him. So there's a little bit of a, at least a little bit of a trace from the past chasing them. So. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it feels like a, uh, like a mid-90s sci-fi show. <laughs> The way it's shot and like the tone of it, so I think that's what drags it down. Is it, um, you know, the production value is a little low, and um, like a lot of the same stuff happens, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and then um, I uh, Amber got me into watching True Blood. Yeah. Which uh, you haven't seen, <clears throat> but um, I, I, every time I see that, I've only seen little clips of the episodes and. Uh, it's because Laura's roommate's always watching them, and every time I come in, someone's being fucked. <laughs> There's a lot of banging vampires on that show, and uh, nice. I love titties. <laughs> yeah, there's tons of nudity, and um, it's all right. Like, uh, not a lot of stuff happens. It's it's a lot of just courting the characters, Suki, and then like the main vampires, Bill. And do you still think it's weird when uh, Anna Paquin is naked? <laughs> Uh, it's you know she was rogue in X Men. So yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. I, it's not like she was my daughter or anything, but yeah, just saying she odd. doesn't seem like one of those girls who would be. Yeah, but whatever. But I, I guess I, she, I respect she's done her it for it. Really? Yeah, I don't even know. Mm. I guess I'm not really follow her career. Yeah. She was rogue in X Men. I know that. That's about it. Yeah, and I, she's the girl on the piano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, but she still has a gap in her tooth. Fix that. You have lots of money. <laughs> well, apparently, her husband doesn't mind. Hmm. Um. Uh. Yeah. It's, uh. I think uh. Season two might get more interesting. Uh. James said he was really disappointed in season whatever they're on right now, like the Three. real show. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of hit or miss. Like when they um. I don't know, like in episode four or something, like a lot of people who are prejudiced prejudiced against vampires end up like getting stuck in these situations where they have to tolerate the vampires, mm-hmm. and there's like a, it's. I guess well, there's a lot of allegory to like civil rights and stuff. Yeah. So like, um, the vampires are basically putting up with this uh, stuff called true blood that the Chinese invented, um, and they still rather suck the blood of humans. But just so th- you know, there's not a ton of wars going on. They go ahead and drink it to satisfy themselves for now, hmm. and then then um, there's like it reveals that there's other kind. There's not just vampires. There's other kinds of uh, creatures out there too, like shapeshifters and werewolves and stuff. So it's all right. I'm not like totally into it, but it's I'm I interested to see what happens <laughs> in season two. 
Um, and there's a big cliffhanger at the end of season one. But yeah, there's a ton of nudity, so that's. So you know, I, I might I might watch it because of that. <laughs> when it's on sale for fourteen ninety nine, maybe I'll pick it up. <laughs> um, it got really dark in here. Did the sun's going down? Okay, so you watched Lost. I watched Your Blood. I watched uh, I don't, uh, DVD. Uh, the Turtles Forever DVD came out, which is mm-hmm. a special they had that had the new Turtles cartoon show crossover with the old cartoon. Oh, you know what? Cartoon. And what's funny is I watched that on Cartoon Network the other day. They had it on Cartoon Network? Yeah. What'd you think? It was all right. It was kind of funny. Uh, I, cause I was just flipping through and I saw that Turtles Forever was on. Mm-hmm. And then I read the description. It said, uh, the Turtles from the 80s meet the Turtles from TMNT. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. I turned it on. It was, I think, almost halfway over. But it was interesting. I thought it was all right. And and then, then to, like, the third act of the story, when the Shredder shows his plan, he's going to go find this place called Turtle Prime. Mm-hmm. And by destroying Turtle Prime, he'll destroy every dimensional incarnation of the Turtles. And Turtle Prime, spoiler alert, <laughs> is made up of the 1984 original Eastman and Laird comic book, where they're yeah. all in black and white. They all talk like a Frank Miller movie. Or a Frank Miller comic. Yeah, the the concept was cool. Yeah. Like, it was interesting. And I, like I said, I just stumbled across it. I was at home. It was late. I just got off work, and I wasn't tired, and I didn't want to go to bed. So I just flipped on, like, Turtles Forever. I haven't even heard of it. I'm mm-hmm. like, is this a new Turtle movie? And it, I mean, obviously it was. But I, I like seeing the Turtles from the early uh, mid-'80s and early-'90s because I, I grew up with those Turtles, mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool seeing them. On screen. Uh, yeah. And, you know, seeing uh, Michelangelo being all goofy. And, and I like all the... The new turtles, like their reactions to how goofy. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, we we save April at least once a day here. <laughs> yeah. you know? And then she's being chased by like a mutant banana and stuff. Yeah, and it's pretty funny. In the end, Rocksteady and Bebop, uh, like they're the ones who basically save the day by tripping over that power cord and shutting off the laser, and then yeah. like, oh, the boss is gonna get mad at us because we broke this, and they plug it back <laughs> in, and it ends up killing the shredder and everything. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, the coolest part was just like the fact that Turtle Prime was that first comic book come yeah. to life, and they got like all the nuances down to yeah, like they in that book they talk like Frank Miller, where it's all internal dialogue and everything, and yeah, it's really interesting. I, I, why didn't I see that coming? And, and it was better than I thought it would be, mm-hmm. especially because I, I don't know if it was straight to DVD or something. Obviously, it was. Yeah, um, well, it was, it was, it was on like four kids, you know, and then uh, I guess Cartoon Network must have got the rights to it, but. I was impressed. Like I was blown away that I didn't see that coming because yeah. I just thought it was like just this these two crossovers and they throw that third crossover in and it's like yeah it's for for sure cool awesome. So if you're a Turtles fan, I recommend checking that out. Um, let's jump into Netflix. Let's talk about straight up feature films. Sounds good, buddy. Um, Welcome to Netflix. This is uh, we should have like should we have like pseudo names <laughs> like like movie review names like I'm I'm uh real awesome or <laughs> get it real, yeah. i don't know i gotcha i gotcha uh no i'll stick with brad um <laughs> oh no you're bradley for movies brad what aren't you bradley for movies i'm bradley for professionalism oh so yeah definitely not bradley you're brad here <laughs> <laughs> i'm brad yeah uh movies are i don't know awesome and they're cool to watch and uh, i love that they, they have, have computer generated <laughs> images on it that that's long for CGI. They're made with cameras and actors. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I didn't do it chronologically. Uh, let's just jump to we saw the A Team. Yeah, this summer. Yeah. What did you think of the A Team? It was all right. Like it was 
goofy and it's fun to watch yeah it's fun it's not a story you should take seriously no and i mean all the actors in it were lots of fun and mm. i had fun watching it like i it's definitely one of those light movies where it's cool that you saw it but if you never saw it you're not really missing anything that spectacular you know where you can point to a certain scene that you'd have to see yeah i mean it's not like when you saw the dark knight and you saw the imax opening where you say you have to see the dark knight in imax to see the opening but yeah just the opening alone yeah 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 like obviously the big set piece is that tank on a parachute falling out of the sky yep into a lake yep <laughs> that they to slow their descent down they shoot the cannon yeah <laughs> to change their trajectory yeah um i guess that is physically possible um i don't know how but i, but I mean i guess yeah i mean i guess it could i don't know how much force you'd need to like there's it's not bouncing off of anything yeah so, so. i don't know yeah but um yeah I, I didn't watch the original show either so i i, I saw it with like fresh eyes so it was a fun action movie. Yeah. About it. Um, we also saw... Uh, did you see Dinner for Schmucks? I did. What did you think? That was funny. Actually, I should correct myself. I watched maybe 10 to 20 minutes of it, and I unfortunately slept through the rest of it. <laughs> Not because I thought it was boring, but because I was somehow just super tired that day. But it sucked because I was really into all the mouse dioramas that yeah. Stephen Carell made. Um and then, like ever, like Paul Rudd's relationship with his, I guess, foreign fiance. Mm-hmm. Um, she just seemed like a model who was like stuck in the movie. Like she yeah. didn't seem like an actress. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I, I felt like her his whole conflict with her was really boring. Yeah. I, was, I was only interested in Paul Rudd recruiting Steve Carell to be at the dinner. Yeah, Steve Carell was killer in that movie. He yeah. was really bizarre, but you know, right up Steve Carell's alley. Like he's turned into. I actually read a pool a poll that he's the most likable comedic actor right now. Is he? And like one of the most likable actors in Hollywood because he's just funny and mellow and people really like him for it. Do you think he'll do like uh Robin Williams and do like dramatic Well, he was a little characters? Miss Sunshine, so and he was But he wasn't like a t- twisted dark character. No. I don't know. I, I mean, like I guess Robin he could. Williams in one hour photo or something yeah. or Insomnia. He could if he wanted to. Yeah. Do you think it would diminish his likability? Maybe. Because people I don't, know. don't get that, you know, actors have range and aren't, <laughs> I know. aren't the characters they play on screen. That, you know, that's my biggest thing with Tom Cruise is he's still really cool in movies, but um, people only remember his personal life, and I could care less. I, I really could. I don't care. His movies are still cool. Speaking of Tom Cruise, what did you think of Night and Day? Oh, it was all right. Uh, it was all right. Like, uh, going it, into the movie, like, from the trailer, I didn't get what the movie was supposed to be. Yeah. And then I watched the movie thinking that I didn't understand I left the movie not entirely sure what the movie was supposed to be. Yeah, you know, it did. Tom Cruise is still good in the movie. You know, you don't know if he's really a good guy or a bad guy, and he gets to be him, his crazy, eccentric self, I guess, in the movie. And it's and, and some of the CGI was just terrible. Oh my god! Yeah, like the bull fight, bull fight chase, yeah. the, and it's directed by a respectable director. And as he did three ten to Yuma, I think. Yeah. And, Walk the line. Yep, and it's really it it's really dis, uh, disappointing because it, the worst shot was when he went into the arena and he slammed on the brakes of the motorcycle and did like this zoom in and oh my gosh, it was yeah, it's like hideous. this flat background. It's supposed to be the uh, open coliseum thing. Yeah, it's just really flat and like moves up. To it him looks him. like one of those matte paintings that were like in the old movies or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's like this romantic comedy thing because it's like someone said. Well, we've got Cameron Diaz in it, so we got to do some kind of romantic comedy. 
yeah. uh, plot line when they probably already had this movie that's just a spy thriller. Yeah. Yep. I was lost and just yeah. it is okay. Um, I think this is probably my favorite comedy this summer, MacGruber. Yep. You know, it's really sad that it did not do well. Yeah. Um, and it's really surprising because the movie was so it was really funny. Like the movie was super funny, and I don't got I don't get why it didn't get take off, but. Maybe because it was so. There's just that out stigma. There. Like so many people have been burned by SNL movies that they're mm-hmm. just like, we're not gonna get suckered in again. And unfortunately, they finally put out like a rated R SNL movie. Yep. And uh, I mean, it, a hardcore Blues, R. It was Blues Brothers rated R. I think so. Yeah. It came out. Yeah. But, I mean, that was what seventy something. So people should just watch. You know, check the rating first, and if it's an SNL SNL R, it's probably gonna be good. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's hilarious. I it's so fun. like raunchy and, and raunchy when he's telling ryan felipe that he'll suck his dick yeah <laughs> just he's to trying to get the team like to get the team together because he blew up his other team, team yeah <laughs> oh man oh yeah i wish uh it's not on netflix yet for streaming i'm bummed because i want to show amber <laughs> <laughs> like laura hated the movie she hates those kind of comedies though those really zany ones where really? they're kind of stupid yeah and she doesn't like superhero movies i know right i should dump her <laughs> um Let's see, uh, Predators. We saw Predators. I thought Predators was really cool. Yeah, it I also really didn't did. do too well, but I mean, yeah, you know where it did do well is because Robert Rodriguez he makes all his movies in house, so they like Predators looked like I don't know what ninety million dollar movie. It looked really I, expensive. Yeah, I, I read online it cost forty million dollars to make, so that it made fifty nine, sixty million dollars at the box office. It's a box office turn, so they're going to make a sequel. It's crazy that like the whole point of making uh, like computer generated films and everything is to cut costs because mm-hmm. it used to be practical effects were so expensive but now it seems like if you do, do practical expe- uh, effects well enough it's way cheaper than hiring a oh yeah and i'm studio of computers they they obviously got kmb to do it which is greg nicotero and howard berger and, and they're incredible like the predators in that movie were fantastic mm-hmm. and all the uh the effects and it was a cool movie it's cool to see a rated r predator movie again mm. i mean besides avpr but you know it's just <laughs> It's cool, and like I liked how the predators set traps in the movie, like they're actually hunting. They're right. not just food for aliens. And... and if you notice, the title of the movie is Predators, and uh, it's kind of that way because there's not just uh, the traditional predators you've seen from other movies. There's like these dog creatures, and also the humans themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team that gets stranded uh, in the jungle with the predators are kind of like predators themselves yeah i agree they in a certain way that i won't reveal <laughs> yeah and it's just an it's an interesting uh concept what's going on i'm <laughs> doing a podcast my cousin just walked home from the broncos game and he doesn't look very excited about it well it's because there's two dudes sitting around a candle <laughs> <laughs> and it's time for the hand job yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, I'm getting shit for my damn Reno jersey again. My cousin doesn't respect anybody who doesn't like the Broncos. I wore the Broncos jersey earlier today. <laughs> I know, right? My, my fiance parked her car in front of our house, like really shittily. <laughs> I know it's not even really on the sidewalk. Stupidly. They they don't recognize white lines. <laughs> Well, we just got racist there. Nice. <laughs> this yeah, that's all right. The KKK show. <laughs> I like your shoes. Thanks. <laughs> My cousin went all out. He's wearing 
um, orange, blue, and white shoes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think he's a little drunk. <laughs> Do have to take off the jersey so he can come back in. He's <laughs> all <laughs> right. It's got some orange in it. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Um, I'm wearing blue jeans. <laughs> um, what are we talking about? Predators. Predators, yeah. Um, is that all we got for Predators? Yeah. Okay. I mean, because... I mean, I want to tell people to see it. I don't want to ruin anything for Yeah, them. like, that's a movie kind of... It's got spoilers. Uh, is that your phone? No, that's Laura's. Oh. I hope there isn't that click-click sound throughout the podcast. What song is that? Strutter. Hmm. I Kiss. Um, speaking of action movies, we saw The Expendables. And it's exactly what I thought it would be. The most ridiculous action movie of yep. probably the last 10 years. Yep. Is he driving? Your cousin? Yeah. I think so. All right. <laughs> um, it's his life. Your phone rang, honey. It's like a 202 number. Oh, screw them. Uh, yeah, The Expendables is just goofy. I mean, the plot, absolutely none. <laughs> and But, I mean, uh, there was some cool parts in it. Uh, when Dolph Lundgren has the torso uh, exploding, yeah, there. the torso exploding. Um, uh, what's his name? Terry Crews has that. More phones are going off. <laughs> uh, has that just like explosion, like exploding gun? Isn't it funny that he's included in like um, these action stars? Do you have you ever seen him in an action movie? No. The only thing I've ever seen him on where he's intense is those Old Spice commercials, yeah. where he kicks over the building and flexes his pecs. Was he was he on the Chappelle show? Or yeah, or but something. There probably wasn't any action bits. On yeah, there. yeah. It's, he's yeah, he's included with. But you know the, the Schwarzenegger and Willis bits are funny. Yeah, they seemed a little um, like they filmed them without everybody oh, yeah. in the room. Oh yeah, it's definitely cobbled together <laughs> yeah. for sure. Like they say a line, they cut. Um, like they just have one person in the room, and then he says all his lines to nobody. Exactly, it, and then well, they just cut to the reaction shot. What it seemed to me is uh, Schwarzenegger because it was only available for like maybe five hours. Yeah, so they. <laughs> His entrance, where he's bathed in light yeah, when he comes he's a in, god, yeah. um, they're all together, and then it cuts to Stallone and Willis talking, and then it cuts to Schwarzenegger talking, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to Schwarzenegger like leaving, and you can tell it's just like cobbled together because <laughs> uh, they definitely probably didn't shoot them all together, right? Now talking about a uh, that guy <laughs> wants to be president someday. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty funny. It's cool though. I really like Stallone's going back to these kind of movies. That made him famous, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the Rambo was awesome. Yeah. And Rocky Balboa was good. And then The Expendables, I don't know if it's a good movie, but it was yeah. still fun. It wasn't on par with those two, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And a lot of people, li- other people liked it, too. Like, it beat out probably maybe my favorite movie this summer, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, that movie was awesome. Crushed it. Yeah. Um, it's really sad that movie didn't catch on, but, you know, I knew... I knew it really probably wasn't going to, because it's so shoehorned into such a audience mm. that unless it's a very specific audience and, and it's not so accessible as batman or spider-man you know where moms would go see it i mean mm. if a, my mom went and saw that movie she thinks it's probably the stupidest movie she's ever seen <laughs> it's, it's a shame because it's really creative it is super creative and you know what's cool about even though it didn't make a lot of money you know edgar wright's going to make more movies because all his movies aren't very big commercially but they're all really creative and they're really fun movies and they're really popular on dvd so yeah, so buy the DVD, guys. Yeah, buy the special November edition. On Blu-ray, if you can. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate that movie cost $60 million to make. You know, it only made, what, 20 Yeah. But um, 
was listening to something, an interview with uh, Edgar Wright, and he says, you know, sixty million isn't a huge budget in Hollywood these days, but yeah. it's still a lot of money. And he, when he makes his movies, like Scott Pilgrim, feels like a really jam-packed movie with like every scene has tons of detail. To oh it. man, every scene, and there's so much you can miss, like a. Uh just like little sounds things and, and little visuals and oh like yeah cuts and edits are just uh like nods to all these nerd things like even the universal logo at the beginning yeah got the 8-bit Nintendo. and the chip like uh music the chip music yeah it like he said uh when he tries to make a movie he wants every cent of the budget on screen so that makes a lot of sense and he's he knows how to make movies and entertaining if you've watched the show spaced you know Shaun of the dead hot fuzz like he knows how to make things entertaining mm-hmm I've never been disappointed in anything he's done. Yeah. Anything. He, uh, like he's been doing it since like he was really young too. Like, oh uh, yeah, British TV and stuff. I think he's been uh, like in the studio since like sixteen so or seventeen. Did years you, old. Uh, did you tell your girlfriend that you have a crush on that Mary yeah. Instead chick? <laughs> She's all right. She she knows about uh, Emma Stone too. Yeah, I heard that Easy A is not a bad movie. Yeah, I tried uh, to get uh, her to go see it and. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I want to see I want to see The Town. I love Affleck. You haven't seen it yet? Uh-huh. We should go do that then. Cool. Um, Anyways, back on topic. Yeah. Well, is it, there's another movie we said, like... Oh, yeah, Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Like, that on the Iron Man podcast. Like, next week, we're going to see uh, Robin Hood, and then yeah, we didn't do we, that podcast. We, we did see Robin... Did you see Robin Hood with me? I did, yes. Yeah. I don't um, remember if you went and saw it with me. I can't remember. Some movies I see by myself, because I know no one else wants to see them. Yeah. Remember that weekend, like... Robin Hood came out, made only like twenty million dollars, mm-hmm. and it had a budget of what one hundred fifty, yeah, or something. That movie still made like one hundred fifty million dollars yeah. in the end. Yeah, it's one of those movies that just keeps on going. Like I still can't believe Avatar made as much money as it did, <laughs> and that just you know what I think is you know we talked about this is studios so low the summer. Avatar had nothing going against it for over a month. Yeah, so it just constantly made money. Other than maybe like Christmas weekend, exactly. Well, like over the winter, that's all the studios sh- shoot for is like Thanksgiving and Christmas yep. Day. And then it, what it came out on the 18th of December, I think. Mm-hmm. So it builds up. Yeah. So it's, it's like Halloween too. Like they need to put like strong horror movies on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they usually do a comedy. Yeah. Like aside from the Saw movies. Yep. That's why the Saw movies do so well, even in like the sixth outing. Yep. Because they don't have well, yeah, the Halloween competition. Even Saw 6, which is like the lowest grossing of all the Saws, it's only cost like $10 million to make so that it made $40 million. They don't care. And then it sells DVDs. So, yeah. I mean, those are huge returns. So if other, you know, instead of debuting like Friday the 13th in April, mm-hmm. put on Halloween. Well, Friday the 13th has the biggest opening ever for a horror movie. So the new one. <laughs> it didn't have a lot of competition in April. No. Speaking of Friday the 13th, uh, the new Nightmare on Elm Street came out this year. Yeah. It was all right. Yeah. Um, you I know, felt like it was just kind of... Visually, is a cool movie. Like, uh, I it thought, looks really good. Yeah. like You know, that's even with... The new Friday Thirteenth, which I really respected about these movies, is they actually took tons of money, well, by tons for these movie standards, and pumped them into the look of the movie because the movies look expensive. Mm-hmm. And finally, because even the Nightmare on Elm Street had bigger budgets than Friday Thirteenth, they still had that like cheesy horror movie um, look to them. And these movies look slick. Mm-hmm. And the director of it, I mean, uh, my favorite scene in the new Nightmare on Elm Street was when the guy was in the convenience store or the girl i'm sorry and she was having those naps where she was like she didn't know if she was asleep or awake yeah what are those called uh they're not power naps they're like micro naps micro naps or yeah. something yeah and it was like fading in and out and i thought that was really cool yeah and i like that they gave freddie a little backstory um but you know the 
uh, spoiler alert, you know, they're building up him so strong and then at the end they pull him out and then he just dies all weakly and everything it's like what the fuck yeah like he's super easy to kill yeah it's, in the real world it's lame and then uh like they took a lot of the scare gags from the original and like exactly. did cgi versions of oh them. the one where he comes through the wall is pathetic yeah like it unnecessary ri- movie, it looks way more realistic than unnecessary that's a time when cgi needs to stop <laughs> and you know me i'm a big fan and i'll always uh argue for spider-man 3 till the day i die but the first Spider-Man, I thought, actually looked more impressive because they used less CGI when he was fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, he would... They'd show CGI, but he'd be jumping up, and then he'd, like, jump down in the first Spider-Man, then he'd be fighting, like, practically. Mm-hmm. In the Spider-Man 3, they did a lot of CGI fighting, and mm-hmm. it just looks so unnatural on screen, and I just don't know... I, I just don't know why they do it. Why don't they just have the actors duke it out, you know? It's probably uh, cheaper to film, like... And easier to schedule because you don't well, actually yeah. have to have Tobey Maguire on set or his stunt double. Like, just keep everyone off and frame it, and then we'll go put them in later. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's it's so expensive to have computers do it, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. So. Yeah. Um, in the theme of horror movies, uh, Piranha 3D came out. Yeah. Did you see, did you see it? <laughs> it yeah. yeah. You know, that movie, too. What I liked about that movie, it knew exactly what it was, and it didn't sugarcoat it. Mm. It's like, we're the biggest B-movie of all time. And we're gonna enjoy it. Like, I mean, where else are you gonna see a penis in 3D get eaten <laughs> by a piranha? Yeah, and you know Jerry O'Connell crying that he ate his penis. Yeah, the charm of it was like it was honest. Like it wasn't trying to be. It wasn't trying to be super cool. Yeah, and like revolutionized 3D. It was just like this is a shitty movie. It's in 3D. All of them was shitty. So we're gonna embrace it. Yeah. And you know they didn't. And they had like good actors in it. Elizabeth Shue, Richard Dreyfuss, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry O'Connell. You know they had really good actors in the movie, and those actors too understood what they were doing. Christopher Lloyd, like he is the biggest ham in that movie ever. <laughs> he was basically playing Doc Brown. Yeah, but like Oceanside, <laughs> exactly. And you know they they understood what movie they were making, and I actually enjoyed the movie because they didn't take it seriously, and they had fun making the movie. And actually, the the end finale with the, all the big deaths and everything, like had some really awesome set pieces, like that whole. Like, everyone's climbing onto the, uh, oh, yeah. the stage or whatever, and the, you don't think about, like, once everyone's on there, like, how worse it could get yeah. having her on there. So, like, that was a really clever way yeah. to, like, take it to the next level, and then, like, e- Eli Roth's death. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, just the gratuitous nudity where the girls get slit in half, and their bathing suits come off, and mm-hmm. they're just naked there, and then they finally fall apart. Yeah. Or the underwater ballet in 3D, which mm-hmm. is just naked chicks continuously for, like, five minutes. I guess Amber says that music that's playing, mm-hmm. like... A naked chick ballet is basically what that symphony is about. Really? Yeah. So that's why they used it. Nice. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie because it was what it was, and I liked when Richard Dreyfuss at the beginning was singing um, <laughs> the song from Jaws. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Speaking of uh, nods to cheese dick movies, Machete came out. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> Finally. Uh, and, you know, that movie was really cool. You know, it started off in that grindhouse kind of style, then it went to a real movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was wondering if Robert Rodriguez, because he was co-directing, if he directed that first part, and then the other guy did the other part. Because, yeah. you know, the first 10 minutes felt like a Robert Rodriguez movie, and then the second, I guess the last hour and a half of the movie, didn't feel like a Robert Rodriguez movie, where it's really over the top and stuff. It, and I felt like for a Grindhouse movie, they cut away from a lot more violence. and like, yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if the DVD is going to have more. Well, you hope. Like when his wife's head gets blown off and stuff, it felt like really <laughs> odd the cuts. But you know, she did pull a gun out of her vagina in the <laughs> opening, and Lindsay Lohan's naked in it. Yeah. 
Um, and I love that Machete, like, has sex with, like, ten women in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, uh, like uh, a gentleman to other... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it was a cool movie, though. Like, and it had a huge political message in it about illegal immigrants. Yeah, people were uh, complaining about that. They said, like, I don't want to be preached to about, you know, immigration and stuff. And I felt like those original, like, B-movies had those messages in them, like those exploitation films. Mm-hmm. Are you running out of juice? Uh, yeah, 36 minutes. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah, but I agree. So, like, I, they, that kind of stuff needed to be in there. And mm-hmm. it, uh, I don't think it was a serious message because, you know, no. and battle has, like, I think the ice cream. an ice cream cart <laughs> fighting and... Uh, <laughs> the construction yeah. workers and stuff is funny. So I hope they take more... I think uh, Rob Zombie's doing the Women of the SS yeah. trailer, making that into a movie, and... Uh, so I hope more of those end up being, and know, like I said, you know, I really enjoy Troublemaker them. Studios, Robert Rodriguez. I think Machete cost twenty million to make, mm-hmm. and again, you know, th- he knows how to make movies, and it'll make money at the end, in the end, and that's why he'll be able to keep on making movies. Turns a profit. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, um, oh, I forgot to talk about. Uh, uh, like I've been watching some stuff like on DVD and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but. Um, uh, would, would you say that Inception was, like, the biggest movie of the summer? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... I, Other than Iron Man 2, maybe? To, to me, my three favorite movies of the summer, in order, go Toy Story 3, Inception, and Iron Man 2. Oh, Toy Story 3. That's on there, too. <laughs> I'm paying attention. Those uh, are my three favorite movies of the summer. Yeah, Inception was amazing. Um, it was. Like, yeah, a little hollow character-wise. Like, the people seemed very disconnected. But I think that was part of the the, the movie, though. Where because you're not, you're kind of seeing it through other people's perspective. You know, it's their dream. So, mm-hmm. I mean, where else could? I mean, you it's how you interpret Leo's character or something. And they they said he was kind of like hollow, but the whole, most of the story involves like him and his like the death of his wife, exactly, and him trying to get back to his kids. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I my agree. people disagree with that, but um, yeah, in Toy Story three. Oh my god! That's amazing. Like the most emotional movie of the year. Yeah, about toys. Yeah, about toys. Like I try not, objects. I try not to lose it at the end where Andy was giving his toys away. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> no, not Woody. Because you've been there, right? Like, you oh have, like, yeah. Cherish thing. You're just like, I know I should part with this because. Oh yeah. And like, obviously, the kid would have more fun with it. You know. Yeah, I mean, you should see my room. I have 15 <laughs> Green Goblin action figures. So. Yeah, just. That, like that movie has tons of heart and everything just like the second one so it's rarely the third movie to you know oh yeah to not only live up to the expectations but and also it's the highest grossing pixar movie now and it's the highest <laughs> grossing animated movie of all time so fuck you shrek 2 yeah it beat um oh did it beat shrek 2 mm-hmm. oh, that's right yeah probably just now yeah i think uh it knocked spider-man out of the top 10 that's all right though. highest grossing movies of all time that's gonna happen now it's i mean like, eventually it's gonna happen with ticket prices the way they are like Ton, like that whole top 10 is going to just change so much oh yeah now. and you know I, I, i'm not upset when it's movies like toy story mm-hmm. you know movies that actually deserve like avatar doesn't deserve it i don't care what any people can send us hate mail all they want about avatar but it's stupid <laughs> but you know movies like toy story they deserve to be that high up there people mm-hmm. need to see those movies it's got a good script and, and a... you know spider-man had its time and to me i was really happy that spider-man was that popular because now i can always get spider-man movies Mm-hmm. You know, and it had its time, and I don't mind movies like Toy Story being up there. I don't mind movies um, like Revenge of the Sith being up there because I like those movies. But movies I can't stand that are up there, like Avatar and Titanic. So I'm waiting for the next movie. I don't care if this. Amber ne- says I need to watch Titanic. 
Dude, we know what? We'll, she, Laura likes it too. What? Yeah, so we'll watch Titanic with them, and me and you will make fun of it the whole time. Sweet, let's have a let's bake them all out and have like a Titanic party. Oh yes, and then we'll watch it, and then like we'll we'll pretend to be really into it. Like, come on over, and we'll, like have food and everything out and stuff, and we'll start playing it, and then we'll just destroy it. Totally, with our dude, we should. And they'll be like, "What are you doing? We're trying to and watch you know a what? movie." I love Leonardo DiCaprio. Oops, I love Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> because he could have went to that heartthrob from that movie and done stupid movies the rest of his career, but he's made some great movies, like Inception, like Inception, The Departed, Departed, Shutter Island. Man, he's really good in it, but um. And I saw, you haven't seen it, but I saw Catfish and Winnebago Man this week. Yeah, it's Catfish. Like, Zach Braff, I'm uh, friends with him on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And he said... You're friends it's, with Zach? Zach Braff, I am. Really? Yeah. Like, it's you not talk like, a lot? Well, it's not like one of those, you know, you pick if you like him or something. He's, like, a legitimate person. And he, I mean, obviously, I don't correspond with him. But mm-hmm. he always posts, like, uh, he posts that that's the best movie he's seen in a long time, that Catfish. Yeah, it's it's, it's probably the saddest movie of the year. Yeah. Uh, but I... Yeah, the, but, you got to go in not knowing anything, so I can't say anymore. Yeah, but don't. I, I just want to say that I liked it, um, and it's incredibly sad. Yeah, now the big debate is if it's uh, big debate is if it's real or not. And yeah. then the, the makers of the film said that it's one hundred percent real. I don't think it matters. Like if people are looking to find out if it's real, like you're wasting your time. Like that's gotcha. not the point. Um, it's. Uh, with, but people also said the Blair Witch Project was real, and that's the stupidest movie of all time. <laughs> Given like how integrated we are with like the internet nowadays, like. Uh, it's a it's a good lesson i guess i that's all i can say is mm-hmm. ha- the way we uh socialize this movie is a good examination of the, the lesson we need to learn about socializing on the internet gotcha. so um but yeah i recommend go seeing that winnebago I man i saw um that was really fun not as emotionally impactful but it's uh about this guy you know who is an internet viral internet sensation because he's like the angriest rv salesman ever mm-hmm. and uh his name's jack rebney and um he did these uh winnebago promotional videos industrial videos and they save the outtakes and all the outtakes have him like swearing and getting like super upset not so much angry but frustrated about not being able to remember his lines and stuff and like saying the wrong words and so he's like fuck this and fuck that <laughs> um in all the shots and then they compiled into this you know big uh youtube movie of all his outtakes and um he didn't know about the fame that he had and so um i guess he got fired because of those outtakes before it was a youtube video uh became a hermit got a place in the mountains and just like retired Hmm. and uh was alone with his thoughts about like politics and things and so secretly he's been like wanting a way to get his thoughts out to people about his views on politics and like the degradation of society and stuff and it just so happens it's like fan of this youtube video is trying to track him down and like it becomes like a blessing in disguise that jack remney is like being pursued by him and then this documentary can kind of show how he's not this frustrated guy which actually he still is (laughs) like his initial like his initial meeting with the document documentarian is you know he's very mellowed out he's just a guy in the woods kind of living out on his you know forest retreat or whatever and uh he calls the guy uh, after the documentarian's like disappointed that he didn't get like a bunch of awesome like anger shots, Jack Rebney calls him the next day. And he's like, "Look, I just want you to know that uh, I was actually putting on an act for you. Like, I'm really frustrated, and I want you to come back." And like, <laughs> and so yeah, it's uh, and eventually that he gets him to leave his house and like go down to San Francisco to a screening of the video. Like, they have a viral video festival, and he actually gets to see like he hates the videos. 
Um, he thinks they're stupid and like he doesn't understand why people would enjoy a viral video. And then he gets to see it in front of an audience and he actually under- begins to understand like that he's you know a popular guy and hmm. people just see him as an angry asshole. They, Interesting. They, they get a laugh out of him like he's an en- entertainer. So. Interesting. It's, it's a cool slice of life. So. Um, and then I watched the Red Hood, Batman under the Red Hood. DVD. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to get. I've read a lot of good things about it. Yeah. I, I I was going to rent it from Redbox. So I don't know if it's any good. Uh, I read the comic book series, and it's pretty like it was. It, well, I like I like the Fuji. comic book sto- series. I really did. Yeah, it's interesting. It's shocking. You read it too. Yeah, yeah. That's um, when I stopped re- after that one. Though that's when I stopped reading Batman. Like I hate the idea of bringing Jason Todd back from the dead. Like mm-hmm. it just seems like this last ditch uh, idea. Like the but they really turned him in into character. a cool character though. Yeah, except I mean, for when he became like some kind of weird spider monster. Yeah, well, before that, year one. They, uh, year later, one year later. Yeah, they got rid of that because now he's uh, Red Robin, and he's like this hardcore vigilante. And it's he's Red Robin now. Yeah, it's pretty uh, cool. I've been out of comics. Um, yeah, it was it was cool. Like it's it's nice. pretty faithful. There's a few changes, but it's pretty faithful to you know the big the big question like why is the Joker still alive after he killed me? You know mm-hmm. why didn't you kill him? You know. And Joe DiMaggio is the voice of the Joker. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Like you want to hear Mark Hamill's voice uh-huh. and Kevin Conroy's voice, so. But yes, it's John DiMaggio as the Joker, and it's, it, it's it's not terrible, but it's a little jarring when you grew up listening to yeah. Mark Hamill. Um, and then I also watched Amber and I watched Atlantis, the uh, Disney one. Yeah, the Disney one. Michael J. Fox, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in years. Uh, it's okay. I never saw it before, and neither did she. And I'm watching the movie, and I haven't seen Avatar. Mm-hmm. But I imagine that movie. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm talking yeah, about? Like, yeah. The colors mm-hmm. and just the, the story arc. Like, I haven't seen Avatar, but from my like, gather from everyone's commentary and the trailer, like, it's the exact same thing where they go into someone else's land trying mm-hmm. to obtain yep. someone's resources, and there's, like, this army Dizzy guy. Dizzy should sue. I know, right? <laughs> uh, like, literally sue. The only difference is Milo is not stuck to a wheelchair, and they don't have <laughs> avatars to represent them. So, Yeah. Rip off, um, and then I saw Sleepers, which is like this old. Uh, what is it, that one? It's with a. It's got Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, Brad Pitt. Yeah, and um, they're. It's like the story of these New York kids who, uh, or like ha- do some kind of prank, and it ends up injuring this guy who ca- was getting off the subway, and they get sent away to this uh, like reform school where mm-hmm. they basically get raped and yeah. beaten. Um, and then they the come back years later to, you know, get their revenge basically. And I felt it was just like a disturbing and like, uh, at the end they say this probably didn't happen or there's no evidence to corroborate any of this movie actually happening. <laughs> so it was just like anticlimactic, I guess. Yeah. And also like the prosecution, uh, later on has like no, it's like hits n- almost no snags other than yeah. Robert De Niro wondering if he should lie. He's the priest. Yeah. He's, he's wondering if he should lie on the stand or not. So other than that, like everything goes completely smoothly, yep. so it was yeah, it was just a weird and disturbing. Yeah, like, it is a weird movie. I, I imagine seen it like in years. this departed like powerhouse because you've got Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman and everything. Yeah, but yeah, it was just kind of like Ugh. Mm-hmm. kids getting raped and <laughs> uh, very little. <laughs> pink it's, it's like star, a shock movie, really. Star fruit, <laughs> <laughs> pink ruby star fruit. Uh, so yeah, yeah any, anything else you've been watching or uh, no DVD wise. Because I forgot to. Nope. I uh, I've been too fucking busy to really. I've really yeah, just been watching Lost. Um, Is this anything you've been looking forward to? You know, I really want to see Let Me In. 
Oh, you've, have, you've never seen the Let the Right One in? No, right? I haven't. You know, and a lot of people are upset that they're remaking it. But I've been reading reviews for the uh, the new one, and they said not only is it as good, but it's you can, if you can remove yourself, you have two great movies based on the same source material. Mm-hmm. And uh, the girl in it, who plays Hit Girl in Kick-Ass, that Chloe Mortiz, whatever the hell her name is, mm-hmm. I forget, um, is, she's fantastic. And she was great in... Uh, what movie does she give advice to her brother in? 500 Days of Summer. 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. And, I mean, she's a great actress. And, I mean, and it's, I heard it's a really good movie. I'm interested in seeing it, but, like, I've seen the original, and, like, I think the original is really good. Yeah. So, I'm, you I, know, it's, it's be hard to... The IGN said that, too, and IGN gave it 9 out of 10. Wow. Okay. On the review. Well. So, they, that's what they said on IGN, that, you know, it's two takes on the same source material, and they're both very good. Well, cool. I, yeah, I gotta check that out to see how they... How they're similar. So that's what I want to see next week. Um, Of course, I want to see Saw 7, Saw 3D, which I think comes out the following, two weeks after that. I think it's It's the middle. 28th or something? It's either the middle or the end of October. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I want to see really bad? Hmm. Jackass 3D. Oh, Jackass (laughs) 3D. Hell yeah. That's in October too, right? Oh, that might be the week after Let Me In. It might be October 8th. Does that sound right? October fifteenth, maybe fifteenth. It's like a double digit. I think. Yeah, yeah. So hell yeah, definitely see midnight of that. Hell yeah, we will be there <laughs> in three D. In three D. Yeah, God, you know it's me. Tons of dicks flying at the screen. Oh, dude, these guys, um, those guys are idiots, but they're funny. And then, um, I guess real quick, uh, we're playing fantasy football. Yep. Hey, I don't. Know? I don't want to talk about it. Right now. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it. Not until you start winning. And when I win, talk to me when I'm winning. Then we'll uh, talk uh, about it. Yeah, it's different this year, and uh, it's a little different. But it's funny that I get Heinz Ward every year. Uh, it's an auto draft, and I got him last year. I got him this year, and I usually draft him in leagues. I actually draft in. I don't know. I it's like a, like a comfort for me, I guess. You know, he's always performed for me, so I always find a way to get him. And it's really funny that I don't have a way to get him this time, and I still end up with him on my team. You don't have a way to get him? Like, I mean, the computer drafted him for me. Do so, you usually pick your own. Yeah, in my previous fantasy football leagues, we do drafts. Like a live draft, live draft, yeah. And I'd always pick you're in the same room with everybody. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I, I, usually when I draft, it just turns out terrible. Like I don't get anybody (laughs) I chose. But this year I got Drew Brees and stuff, and Arian Foster. I know. I was was really surprised. I'm owing two because my team's actually really good. Who's your quarterback? Uh, My quarterback is Tony Romo, who had a good game this week. Mm -hmm. My running backs are studs. Um, My receivers are really good. And I still just lose. Together, they're yeah, they just—I don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Yep. Uh, I guess that wraps up this episode. Yeah. Um, a lot of so, information. Yeah, a lot of ground to cover. It's three months off, and yep. there's you know summer's the most jam-packed movie part of the movie season. We'll so get better. We promise. We'll get more consistent. Um, what's coming out this weekend? Um, Wall Street came out this weekend, but I yep. didn't see it. I Either went to uh, Let me in is what I want to see. That's next week. No, it's Friday. Yeah. Well, technically it's Sunday next today. week. Yeah. Um. So yeah, probably gonna see Let Me In. Um, October. Let Me In, Jackass, and uh, Saw. Saw. So yeah. Until next time. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brad. Thank you for listening to the official Nebulous Visions podcast. And have a wonderful week. Of also going to check out SphericsDomain.com. Uh, SphericsDomain.com. Hey, you should check out. The really cool zombie there named Patches. 
Oh, I didn't show you my uh, credit card. I did. I, oh, I haven't seen. I in saw person, the picture yeah. online. I think it's yeah. funny that you tagged me on it. Yeah, I tagged so all I'm like, the people. Who the, in what it. the hell am I tagged <laughs> for? And I looked at it. Like, oh, sweet. It, it's a way to tell everyone that it's on there. Yeah, it's you awesome. Know, there's all kinds of posts and sometimes. And I was going to sell the credit card number, but you know, you blocked it out. <laughs> you blocked it out. Yeah, <laughs> I almost put it up there without a block. So <laughs> that's been the dumbest thing yeah, you've ever done. <laughs> like, is my card cool? And I check the balance the next day. It's just <laughs> it's racked up. Like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Cut it up, cut it up. All right. Cool. Um, yeah, so check out our two websites, and yep. we'll s- talk to you next time. Bye.